Blog Talk Radio.
much, much lower than what you would do if you were going on uh, a regular uh, in-state radio show. Our advertisement costs are very minimal. So just um, uh, go on our our website, uh, awordfromgod.webs.com. Check out our advertisement page, and you'll be able to get all the information there that you need. Also, um, you can email me uh, for any additional information at a word from God three at aol dot com. Uh, also, I would like to talk a little bit about my business, which is called Lady B Lovely Fashions. Lady B Lovely Fashions. We have an awesome website uh, where we carry fabulous clothes for men and for women. Uh, we carry jewelry, hats, handbags, t shirts, and we also have bed linen. Now, at Lady B Lovely Fashions, we carry a full line of unique and novelty and name brand merchandise, which are only seen in top-notch department stores. Our warehouse is filled with over 60 top manufacturers with thousands of styles to choose from at our unbeatable prices. Our inventory does include church suits, career, casual, mother of the bride suits, fully lined suits, dresses, pants sets, skirt sets, uh, special occasion and prom dresses, ladies' church suits, men's suits, hats, T-shirts, inspirational T-shirts, I should say, uh, jewelry, which is dressy and casual, uh, shawls, bags, dressy and casual. We carry men's shoes, and, of course, we carry the um, the bedding sheets. Uh, with the 600, 800, and 1,000 thread count. Now, I went and looked at some of the uh, department stores and some of the other stores uh, in my area to see how much their uh, sheets of this caliber cost, and we far beat them by several, several, uh, several dollars. So uh, check us out. Uh, we also specialize in Missy Petite Junior and women's sizes, four through thirty six. Uh our fabrics are microfiber, peach skin, uh poly, denim, knit, linen, silk, shantung, brocade, and various other uh types of material. Uh also our men's sizes go from a thirty eight regular to sixty regular and they go from a thirty eight long to a sixty long. So please, I would ask you to please go and uh, visit LadyBeLovelyFashions.net. That is our website, LadyBeLovelyFashions.net. If you have any questions, uh, our phone number is there. Also, uh, our email address is there. So please give us a call. If you do plan on ordering, I would ask that you do first uh, call us just so we can do a double count, a double check, to make sure that we do have that size and that color. Uh, On our site, you can, uh, it does tell you what color we do have it in. It does tell you what size we have it in. But I just like to be extra careful since you are ordering online. So please check uh, with us first and give us a call, and we'll be more than happy to answer all of your questions. Okay, well, today uh, we are going to be discussing where to get money 
to start a business. Where to get money to start a business. We're going to look at 12 sources of startup funds for small businesses. Now, what's the biggest obstacle to starting a business? For most people, the answer is money. Now, when you calculate your startup costs, I believe I did that last week or either the week before last, where you calculate your startup costs, uh, finding out how much everything costs. And then uh, once you uh, do your startup costs, then you need to start looking at uh, lenders. So it says when you calculate your startup costs and then add in the amount of money you need to cover your personal expenses during the startup phase. Uh, Getting enough money to start your new business can seem like an impossible dream because, see, you want to make sure that you still have enough money to live on uh, while you're starting up your business and you want to have the right amount to start your business. But it seems like sometimes that all that is just an impossible Dream, But nevertheless, hundreds of thousands of individuals a year do find the money to start a business. Now, how do they do it? How do they find the money to get started? Here are 12 solutions for financing the startup of your small business. Some are nearly risk-free. Others involve involve significant financial risk and should be used with caution. Okay, number one, uh, start part-time. If you need a steady source of income to meet your financial obligations and to keep your family covered by health insurance, start the business as a part-time venture. Don't quit the day job until the part-time business has a steady flow of customers and profits. So you may want to start your your business on a part-time level. Now maybe you are not the maybe um maybe you're the the main breadwinner of the family. So maybe either the uh your spouse or a family member or a child that's a college student can do this portion for you, do the business for you part-time, or you can work it part-time but still keep your regular job until your business has a steady flow of customers and profit. So everything that you make in your business part-time, all of that would go directly into your business. And if you can budget any of your other money that you're making from your regular job to put into the business, that's well. But don't take that money if it's going to hurt your family. Okay, number two, start the business from home. You can start your business for much less money if you don't have to foot the bill for office space and utilities for an out-of-the-home office. This is an easy way to uh, uh, keep your costs down, 
by starting the business in your home. Uh, While you may not want to advertise the fact that you work from home, you will have plenty of uh, you will have plenty of company. It says, according to the U.S. Business Administration Office of Advocacy, 52% of our businesses today are home-based businesses. So this might be an idea for you to also uh, cut the cost of your. Um, of your of your financial obligations to your business by starting it first in your home, especially if you're doing a catering business, if you're doing a child care business, or even like myself, if you're doing a clothing business. These can all be started in your home. Uh, maybe you're a mechanic. You can work in your own garage. If you have like a two-car garage or a three-car garage, uh, if you have a lawn business, well, of course, a landscaping business, where you're going to be going to other people's homes, maybe it's a car detailing business. You can do all that right there in or around your home. Uh, number three, uh, get advanced commitments from work. Line up one or two sources of businesses before you take the plunge. Former employees, if you left on a good term, are often a source of startup work. Uh, you may um, you may uh, work somewhere where there's somebody else that maybe uh, also has the same idea or wants to work with you. Um, so maybe you guys can kind of do maybe like a little partnership. Uh, it says, if you left on good terms, um, I'm sorry, let me read this again. It says, get advanced commitment for work. Line up one or two sources of businesses before you take the plunge. Former employers, if you left on a good term, are often a source of startup work or sometimes funding. Big companies that can send you their overflow work or small jobs that they don't want to do can also provide the initial stream the initial stream of work and income. So you can actually, uh, if you're kind of going to be doing the same thing uh, that you're doing on your regular job and they have uh, too much work, maybe you can take some of that and they can pay you uh, for that. And so that's constant Money that will be coming in to your and to your line of business, and that money that you make, you can use that uh, save that money to uh, further your business adventure or your your business venture. I'm, I'm sorry, I should say. Okay, number four. Um, you may need to get a part time job before you actually uh, go into business for yourself. Work part-time, save up your earnings until you have enough money to start the business, or as an alternative, work part or full-time in your own business and take a part-time job to supplement the income from your new business. 
So you can do it either way. You can start your business part-time or you can work part-time on another job and uh, go full-time in your business or you can work part-time in your business and have a full-time job. But whatever you do, you take that part-time job money and you save that until you have all of the income that you might need to form your new business. If you do your new business part-time, every dime that you make from your business, you put it back into your business. Okay, number five, live frugally. Live frugally and invest the savings in your business. You don't have to live like a pauper or waste hours searching for 50% off coupons to live frugally. Uh, A few simple changes may save you $200 a month or more. Maybe instead of going every day to um, Starbucks and getting one of their $5 coffees and one of their uh, $4 or $5 muffins or buns or whatever it is, croissants, whatever it is that you might like to eat, uh, save that. You know, if you spend $10 every day at, um, say, at Starbucks um, and you, you work a 40-hour week and you stop off there every day, that's $50. Well, if you take that $50 and just save it and don't go to Starbucks, that would be $200 extra a month that you will save. Uh, maybe you might need to do your own nails for a minute. Uh, Maybe um, uh, there's certain things that you can do to cut down on some of the other things uh, that you want to do for, I mean, there are things that you can do to cut down on costs so that you can have your your money for for your business. Many times... um, you know, I said, well, I, we say, well, I got to have my coffee. You know, well, you're just going to have to go to the store and you're just going to have to buy regular coffee and make your own coffee at home. I mean, I believe a can of coffee is um, maybe seven, eight, ten dollars I don't drink coffee, so I'm not real sure. But um, you can, uh, what you're, you're, you're spending seven dollars a month compared to spending $200 a month on on coffee. So just just uh where you um drop one thing, you can replace it with something else so that you still can have your coffee. Uh you're just not spending a whole lot of money. Uh, you're not spending a whole lot of money on on buying coffee. Um let's see here. Also, if you um, are a person that uh, likes um, Dunkin' Donuts, maybe you like coffee and donuts, you know, on your way to work, as I say, you can save 10 or $15 a week just by uh, bringing your own lunch to work. Uh, instead of ordering out um, like you normally do at work, you know, when Everybody says, oh, well, I'm going over to so-and-so's, I'm going over to Mickey D's, I'm I'm going over to La Madeline's, I'm going over to uh, wherever, and um, what do you want? 
and then you start ordering what you want. And that might be um, $15 right there. So instead of you ordering during lunchtime, what you do is you make your own lunch. I mean, you can make you a uh, you can make a fabulous lunch that's not going to cost you a whole lot of money. You may spend fifteen dollars for the the whole week uh, for the stuff that you need just to bring to work. So instead of spending fifteen dollars a day, you're only spending uh, fifteen dollars a week. So you're saving yourself. Um, a lot of money eating a home cooked meal instead of bringing home fast foods or eating out on weeknights could possibly save you another twenty or thirty dollars a week. Uh, turning your thermostat down a degree or two during the heating season and turning it up a degree or two uh, when you have the air conditioning cranking away. This will also save you a significant amount of money during the year. If you're determined to save money, you could possibly find a lot of ways to cut back on your spending. So uh, you'll you'll uh, realize that um, you can save money. There's just some things you're going to have to cut back on. There's some things you're going to have to stop doing. You don't have to stop doing them, but you you know. Uh, name brands instead of Starbucks coffee, just go and get uh, some Folgers coffee and put it in your house anytime you want coffee. It's there, and you don't have to order out. You don't have to um, go out for anything, uh, even uh, with your gas. Uh, instead of um, uh, going out and um, renting movies and having to uh, use use up your gas to go rent the movie and take the movie back, uh, join a video club like um, uh, Netflix or or like uh, Blockbuster and have the movie sent to you. It is a minimal cost every month, but you're not uh, wasting gas and you're not uh, renting, uh, having to rent, rent go, go there and rent three or four movies. Because by the time you add up your gas, your weekly gas, your weekly uh, movie rental, uh, you've spent more than what you would have spent if you just joined Netflix or you just joined Blockbuster. So these are just certain little ways that you can cut back on your spending. Um, Now it says here, number six, use a credit card. Using a credit card, if you have good credit, is the easiest way to get money to start a business. Equipment, supplies, advertising, and and uh, postage for mailings, postage for mailings can all be purchased with a credit card. And if your credit card gives you a line of credit, you can give yourself an instant loan up to your credit limit. But using a credit card to start your business bears some significant risk also. Because if you're not careful, you can quickly run up a huge credit card bill, a bill you will be responsible for paying whether your business is successful or not. So think and pray hard about that particular one if you're going to be using your own credit card. Now, if you have a credit card that you have said, I am using this for the business, 
and the business only. As you make, uh, as you uh, get money in, put it on that credit card immediately. Start paying that credit card down so that you don't have that heavy uh, load hanging over you, especially if um, your business isn't isn't going the way you possibly want it to go. But most of all, if if you don't have to use one, don't. But if you have to use one, that is another source of getting money. Okay, number seven. Number seven says apply for a home equity line of credit. Some bank offer some banks offer home equity line of credits that let you borrow up to as much as eighty five percent of the appraised value of your home. Depending on the value of your home and what you still owe in other mortgages, that can put a significant chunk of money at your disposal for starting your business. The downside, though, is you're putting your home at risk. If the business fails and you can't repay the loan, you can lose your home. So make sure that before you put your um, house up as collateral or uh, to use your house as a home equity line of credit, that um, you have all of your ducks lined up in a row, that you know uh, once you find out from the bank how much it will be, you want to make sure you pay your mortgage payment, and you want to pay that home equity line of credit because if you lose everything else, you don't want to lose your home. So be very, very prayerful again in this type of situation in using your home as a line of credit. Now, if this is something that you've done, you've been doing this type of business for years, you know that you know that you know that you know that this business is going to work for you. Uh, you already have customers lined up. You have everything that you need uh, to get going. Then you can use your home, and it will give you uh, a lot of money so that you can get your business started and that you can get it started well for you. So, okay, let's go to number eight. Apply for business loans instead of a home equity loan. Information that you'll need to give to the bank includes the purpose of the loan, projected opening day balance sheet, and that's for new businesses, Uh, any lease details, the amount of investment in the business by the owner or owners, Uh, the projection of income, expenses and cash flow, signed personal financial statements, and your resume. Uh, In this case, you may also need a formal business plan. If you're trying to get a funding to grow a business, you've already started. You'll need a business financial statement for the last three years. Let me read that one again. 
If you're trying to get funding to grow a business you've already started, you'll also need a business financial statement for the last three years and information on receivables, payables, and any outstanding debt. Uh, Don't be surprised if the banks turn you down, though. Banks are often leery of lending money to start up businesses. So once again, like I always tell you each week, if you didn't get all of that, um, once the show is over, you can go back into the archives or into the on-demand, and you can re-listen to the show to write down anything that you may um, that you may have missed. Okay. Number nine, ask your bank about an SBA guaranteed loan. If the bank turns you down for a business loan, ask them if they'll consider your loan through the SBA, uh, which is the Small Business Administration Guaranteed Loan Program. If they agree to do so, they'll forward your loan application and credit information to the nearest SBA district office for a decision. So once the banks have turned you down, you can then go uh, ask them to uh, ask them if they'll consider your loan through the SBA Guaranteed Loan pro- uh, Loan Program. So that might be another way that you can go. But all the other uh, requirements that I stated in number eight, you will have to have uh, for the Small Business Administration as well. Okay, number 10. Now, number 10, you can borrow from family and friends. Family and friends are a frequent source of funding for small businesses. But remember, you do have to live with your family for a long time, and you probably want to stay friends with your friends. So don't borrow from anybody unless you have a business plan and you have done enough research to know that there is a market for what you want to sell. Be sure your plans provide a way to also pay interest on the money borrowed from family and friends because you want to pay them something back for trusting you enough to invest their money in you. Now, you've also got to realize uh, that you maybe want to make them uh, silent partners that, you know, I, I need your funds for this, but I'm not asking you for any input into the business uh, as far as your thoughts and your ideas because you've got to make certain things clear from the get-go because once a person puts their money into a situation, into a program, into a, a business, then they're going to feel like, well, I have a right to come in and say and do anything I want because my money is uh, uh, helping this business to grow. So you're going to have to maybe contract-wise that this is just like a silent 
partner thing. Uh, I'm not asking you for your input. I'm not asking you for your ideas. I'm not asking you to come in and and um, do any work. I'm just asking you to help me to fund this business. I will do the rest. But in doing so, you also want to make sure that you pay them interest on the money that you borrowed from them because you because this is your family. These are your friends, and you want to keep those relationships strong. So make sure that you do everything business-wise, everything in writing. Okay. Number 11, look for angel capital groups in your area. If your business has the realistic potential to grow to a significant size, your local SBDC or SCORE office, may be able to point you to a group in your area. The angel groups, I believe, are a group of investors that are looking to um, uh, give uh, worthwhile businesses startup funds. Now, I'm going to have you to go online, go online and look up uh, angel capital groups or angel investment groups and uh, read on that. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, read on, read on, um, read on those angel investment groups, and see what you need to do to um, uh, see about one of them, or you know, whoever is, you know, whatever investor is looking for someone. Uh, see what you need to do um, to maybe uh, borrow from an uh, an angel capital group or an angel investment group. You'll need a business plan and be able to prove that you have the experience to run the money, and the business will make enough money to make the investors a nice profit on their investments. I believe that uh, that angel investors are groups of businessmen, you know, men who have money, who have been in business, maybe they're retired, maybe they're looking for somewhere to put their funds. Uh, would your business be that one where they would personally come in and give you a loan for everything that you need? But you have to show them and they have to be able to know that this business will make the money to make the investors a nice profit on their investment. All right. Now, number 12. There are a couple of lending groups here that they do suggest, and I'm going to give you um, their, uh, I believe, their websites here. It says, consider applying for a loan through peer lending sites like Prosper.com and Lending club.com the first one is prosper.com and lendingclub.com these are peer lending sites check out those two sites uh, go to those two sites look at them read uh, read uh, do the research call them see exactly what they're um, what they're offering 
Uh, I don't know anything about either one of these sites, uh, but this is what I, uh, um, in doing the research on today's show, these are two things that, two lending sites that came up. So I don't know anything about them. So my disclaimer, if you go with them and they mess you up, uh, I didn't say do this. But I'm just saying that these are two sites that you might want to look at. Making the decision to go with them is your own decision. Okay. Well, that's it on the 12 uh, ways of making or or getting startup money or helping yourself to um, get the money, the startup funds that you need for your small businesses. Okay, so once again, as I said earlier, if you miss some of those, just come back on the show after, get back on the, on my website after the show is over, and you can rehear everything all over again. And uh, you, I think there's a way that you can kind of stop it and you can write things down and restart the show. So this will give you an opportunity to write down everything. Well, as you know that before um, I go off the air, uh, this broadcast is called A Word from God. I am um, I am an evangelist. I, I minister uh, different places. Uh, I started the Wednesday morning business show to help out business owners and, and to give tips and things of this nature. Uh, I'm not a... Um, well-known, bona fide business expert, but when I learn different things, I share them uh, with others. They're just tips to see, you know, ways that you can help yourself to get into business for yourself. But I also never, ever like to leave any show that I do, any broadcast that I do, and not share something from the Word, because without God in our business, it's not going to happen, especially for those of us who are saved. We need God's encouragement. We need God's guiding, guidance. We need God leading us. We need to know, Lord, is this the way to go? Uh, Lord, if I'm going down the wrong, wrong road, please stop me. Help me. Uh, today I want to talk about um, uh, the poor. Uh, many a times, um, even in our own situations, sometimes uh, we're trying to go into business for ourselves because we want to grow financially. We want to be able to help others. But it, it happens a lot of times that when we do uh, make it and we get up there, we seem to forget where we came from. And we begin to look down on the people uh, who were in the same situation where we just came out of. And we don't want to be a blessing or we don't want to help. So uh, I found a couple of scriptures I just wanted to share. Uh, Amplified, the Amplified version of Proverbs 22 and 16, and it reads, He who oppresses the poor to get gain for himself, and he who gives to the rich, both will surely come 
to want, or that want means poverty. In the King James, it reads like this. He that oppresses the poor to increase his riches, and he that gives to the rich shall surely come to want or to poverty. God's word translation reads like this. Oppressing the poor for profit or giving to the rich certainly leads to poverty. And um, in some of our cases, we do seem to forget. You know, God has graciously blessed us, um, but we should want to give back. Now, I'm not saying that if you came from the ghetto or the slums or the barrio or, or, or wherever you grew up at or wherever you have lived at one time, I'm not saying that you have to go back down there and put your business there. But I am saying that maybe you can start up a um a some type of fund, some type of uh, community activity, uh if you know that there's some funds that are needed uh in a certain area to help maybe build a community center for the kids or a basketball court or a playground, give back. Because you were once there, and maybe maybe uh in the um in the community center, maybe you can give one day of your time to go there and talk to the youth about going into business one day for themselves or teaching young women uh how to um to be young women, how to love themselves, how to dress properly, teach young men how to be gentlemen. I mean, there are so many different things that you can do, but a lot of times what we do is we give to the people who are not needy, who already have. And then the Bible says that when we do that, it says then we're certainly to lead ourselves back into poverty. You may not go back into poverty financially, but you'll be back into poverty spiritually uh uh in your in your mind your thinking is wrong you uh you used to help the poor before uh you used to do things before um you can um start a uh, um a clothing drive or a food drive or or something of that nature that you can do to help the poor in some sort of a way. So what I'm saying is don't forget where you came from. The majority of us in this country did not, were not born with silver spoons in our mouths. We all had to work our way up from somewhere. But let's not forget those that we left behind because eventually we will become like the others who care nothing about the poor, those who have been rich all their lives, they care nothing about the poor. But those of us who have to work our way out of poverty, don't be so quick to forget those who were left in poverty and be quick to give to those who have always had because this, uh, the scripture says that um, this will certainly leave, certainly lead us back in into poverty, mind-wise, 
uh, the way we think uh, spiritually because we're not doing what God has called us to do. And then in Proverbs, I believe it is, Proverbs uh, chapter 19, verse 17, and it says this, Mercy to the needy is a loan to God, and God pays back those loans in full. That's the message version. I want to read that again, Proverbs 19, 17. Mercy to the needy is a loan to God, and God pays back those loans in full. And um, in the King James Version, it says, He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he hath given will he pay him again. When you do good, when you do something for others, when you help to bring people back, to bring people up to a place or to bring some type of joy, to bring some type of happiness, to give them some sense of feeling human. You know, if, if, if like I said earlier, if you start a, a food drive or a clothing drive, you know, don't, don't, just give the poor anything, stuff that you wouldn't want to wear, stuff that you wouldn't want to eat. Give them what you would want. Uh, look look at yourself. Look where you came from. Look at what you may used to have, what you used to have to wear, what you used to have to eat. Many of us talk about the government cheese and the powdered milk and all of those things. Some of us had to go through that. But now we don't have to go through that anymore. So uh, it says mercy to the needy. When you show mercy, when you show love to those who are less fortunate, I'm not talking about so much people uh, standing outside asking for money because in a lot of cases those are scams because there are places that people can go to get the help that they really, really need. But I'm talking about people that you know, people in your church, people uh, uh, maybe that you've worked with, and you know that they're having a hard time. Uh, The holidays are soon to come up. Uh, Maybe you know a single mother or a single father who have children, and they don't have anywhere to go for the holidays. Maybe the mother is not able to buy gifts for her children like she would really want. And maybe you have one child, or maybe you have two children, you know. But this lady, maybe she has three or four, and you have been abundantly blessed. You can go and you can buy gifts for her children. I mean, you know that that's not a problem. You know, you can go and you can buy, and you can teach your children how to do this. That Christmas isn't all about just getting gifts and things of this nature, but it's it's a time of showing love and being there for each other, being with family, being with friends, and helping others. But it's not just at Christmas or at Thanksgiving, but it's an everyday occurrence. But the Bible says in the Message uh, Translation, mercy to the needy 
is a loan to God. When you're doing something good for someone else who's less fortunate than you, the scripture says it is a loan to God. You're loaning that mercy to God. And then it says, and God pays back those loans in full. It's like God is borrowing from you. If you do this, if you do this, uh, uh, if you be a blessing to this family, I will pay back that loan in full. You don't know what God is going to do for you. All because you did something good for somebody else. Sometimes when I go and I do um, my conferences and I, you know, I'm working as a vendor somewhere, and only as the Lord leads me, I don't, you know, I don't um, like people coming up to me and saying, hey, can you give me the hookup? Can you give me your discount? You know, I, I don't like that because that's uh, somebody not wanting to uh, pay what is what they're actually supposed to pay. If everybody else is paying $10 for that necklace, then you pay $10 for that necklace. But there are some people sometimes, um, when I meet somebody or I'm I'm at church and sometimes um even when I'm being a vendor, uh somebody will look at something on my table and she'll say, Oh, that is so beautiful, you know. I don't know if I could ever afford anything like that. I try not to make my prices very, very high. And, you know, I just uh sometime in my I try to listen to the voice of God and hear what God is telling me. And sometimes I will pull her to the side and I'll say, bless you, and I'll give her that necklace. And I don't let her tell anybody I gave it to her. I just tell her, God bless you. And I hand it to her. I, when You know, as she's looking at something else, I'll take the necklace and uh, I'll, I'll get a bag. And I'll put it, put the necklace in a bag, and I'll give it to her, and I'll hug her, and I'll let her know God loves you, and this is from Him, and I I, I pray that you wear it with great health, and and I know you it's going to look gorgeous on you because I want her to know. Sometimes some people just don't have the fun. Sometimes some people are having a bad day. Sometimes some people just don't think that they'll ever be able to have something nice. Uh, or they can't afford it. Um, maybe their home life is bad, and all she ha- every time that she'll look at that necklace, she'll think about what God did for her and how much He loves her. And then when I do that, when I do that, and I don't do it for God to uh, bless me per se. I mean, because God is going to bless me no matter what. But I do it because I felt led of Him. To do it, and when I do it, God blesses me every time. Because maybe I maybe maybe I gave away a twenty-five or a thirty-dollar necklace. God will come along and allow another lady to come in and buy uh, two or three necklaces from me that will more than double that that I gave away. So. It's it's like God is saying, you know what? I'm I'm paying you back. I, I'm 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 pleased 
with what you did. And so I'm going to pay you back. And so when you do something out of your heart, when you bless other people, those that are less fortunate than you, don't you don't have to give to those that have it already. I mean, now if God leads you uh, to be a blessing to someone, whether they're rich or poor, you do what the Spirit of the Lord tells you. But if you're just giving to the rich who already have and you never think about those that are less fortunate, there are people in your church that are less fortunate than you. Do something for them. Bless them in some kind of a way. And I guarantee you that the scripture that says mercy to the needy is a loan to God, and God pays back those loans in full. God bless you. I pray that today's uh, uh, tips have been a blessing to you. I pray that um, for those of you that are already in business or those of you that are going into business, I pray that you run your businesses uh, uh, in order, that you do everything that you're supposed to do. I pray that God's hands of mercy and love and prosperity will be upon you and your business. I decree a blessing over your business, over your family business, over your life, over your family, that you will not have to come across too many uh, uh, hard ways, hard steps, that uh, things will be easy. But, of course, you know that we do have an enemy. And sometimes we have to go through certain things in order to grow, but that God will give you the strength, the stamina, the courage, the encouragement, everything that you will possibly need to grow that business, that you will always look to God and not to man to be your source and your resource of everything that you could possibly need in him. God is good, and he loves you so much, and he does want to see you prosper. He wants to see your business grow. So you put yourself and you put God's business, God's business, God's business. When I say it, because the business that you have, it's going to be God's business. When you put it in his hands, God will cause it to grow. Now, normally when I end the show, I don't normally end with uh, gospel music. But today I just feel led to end the show uh, with a gospel song. And it says, It Shall Come to pass. And I want you to know that God does love you. And I pray that you will believe God for your business. Whatever you're asking God for, it shall come to pass. And I want to say thank you for tuning into a word from God here on blogtalkradio.com. Uh, this is our Wednesday morning business show. We're here every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. 
And join us every Sunday night here on blogtalkradio.com slash a word from God at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. I am your radio hostess, Rebecca Collier Hackler, saying thank you for joining us. May God richly bless all of your endeavors for Him. See you next week and have a very, very blessed day.